you will all fall away, Jesus told them. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter couldn't believe what he was hearing, wouldn't believe it, refused to believe it. Even if all fall away, Peter declared, I will not. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered today, Yes, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. Even if I have to die with you, Peter said, now shaking, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same. Jesus looked off into the night sky without saying a word in response. Welcome to Season 6 of Stories in Scripture, a podcast dedicated to telling the big story of the Bible one piece at a time. In this season, we are walking through Mark's Gospel. Our hope is that these short episodes would lead you into more, into a time of reading, reflection, prayer, whatever it is for you. The goal is that you let the amazing story about the Savior of the world transform the way you live out your life today. Peter had never seen his rabbi so distraught. By the time they got to the Garden of Gethsemane, he looked like he was about to collapse. Gethsemane, Peter whispered to himself, the place of pressing. He looked over at Jesus and could have sworn his sweat looked more like blood dripping down his forehead. Jesus had asked him, along with James and John, to keep watch. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he had told them. Stay here and keep watch. And yet, Peter could barely keep his eyes open. The weight of the last few days now piling on his shoulders. The words of the religious leaders, the hateful look in Judas's eyes, the warnings Jesus had given them about his death. It was all too much. Sleep was a welcome relief. Simon, the sound of his name, his other name woke him up with a start. Are you asleep? It wasn't anger in the rabbi's voice. He wished it was. Anger or anything else would have been better than the disappointment he sensed there. Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Peter felt shame start to spiral through his mind. He had one job to do. Watch and pray, Jesus continued, so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But even that felt like a dream. As soon as Jesus left, he couldn't keep his eyes open once again. His eyelids felt like they had weights hanging from them. Simon, Once again, the sound of his name filled his soul with shame. He spent his whole life out on the water, late nights where falling asleep could cost him his life. He had always been able to rally, always, until now. What is wrong with me? He opened his eyes enough to see that his rabbi looked even worse, even more stressed out and overwhelmed barely hanging on, pleading with Peter to keep watch so that he can just pray. And yet, the weight was too much. Peter felt 
paralyzed by it. Enough, Jesus said, waking Peter up for a third and final time. The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. The fear finally shot through Peter, enough to wake him up. He jumped to his feet and began to scan. But when he turned around, the very thing he feared came true. Judas was standing there. A large crowd armed with swords and clubs surrounded him. Judas had betrayed them, told them their hiding spot, and the chief priests and the teachers of the law had sent their soldiers out to get them. Peter and the rest of the disciples stared down Judas, but he didn't flinch. He simply walked up to Jesus and kissed him on the cheek, no doubt the signal for the soldiers. The men grabbed Jesus. Peter felt anger well up in him. He grabbed his sword and lunged for the closest guard, managing to cut off his ear before being thrown to the ground. Peter feared for his life until he heard the voice of his rabbi somehow calm and collected. Am I leading a rebellion? Jesus said, that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Everybody stood still. Every day I was with you, teaching in the temple courts, and you did not arrest me, but the scriptures must be fulfilled. At that, the angry mob turned into a furious one, his words turning a spark into a full-on wildfire. Survival mode kicked in for Peter. He was shaking, overwhelmed with fear, with disappointment, with shame. Their entire movement, everything they had worked so hard to build, was unfolding and unraveling before his eyes. He took off into the dark night, trying to outrun not just the voices of the mob, but the voices in his own head. Stop, Peter, what are you doing? Go back. You made a promise. The last few minutes felt like an eternity for Peter. If someone had walked past, they would have thought he was a man possessed running away from Jesus in one second and then toward him in the next. Afraid to return, but afraid to abandon, he followed the mob at a distance. They took Jesus to the home of the high priest. Even though it was late, all the chief priests, elders, and teachers of the law were all gathered there. As if they had planned this, Peter swore under his breath, this wasn't going to end well. He snuck into the courtyard of the high priest, doing his best to fit in, to blend in, praying no one would recognize him as he sat by the fire. The flames provided him the first semblance of warmth he'd felt in hours, but all that warmth left as he heard the trial begin. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death, but they did not find any. Many testified falsely against him, but their statements did not agree. We heard him say, I will destroy the temple made with human hands, and in three days will build another not made with hands. Yet even then, their testimonies did not agree. Peter felt a glimmer of hope. Maybe he'd find his way out of this. But all of that ended when the high priest turned to Jesus and addressed him personally. Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? I am, said Jesus. 
and you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. Peter's heart sank. Any hope he was feeling vanished. He could see, even from his vantage point, that the answer turned the civil meeting rowdy. The high priest tore his clothes. Why do we need any more witnesses, he asked. You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? They all condemned him as worthy of death. Then some began to spit on him. They blindfolded him, struck him with their fist, and mockingly told him to prophesy about who hit him. And the guards took him and beat him. The others around the fire began to laugh as Peter fought back tears. Hey, I know you, one of the servant girls said as she walked by Peter. You also were with that Nazarene Jesus. What? I don't, I don't even know that guy. I don't understand what you're talking about. The men around him eyed him suspiciously as he quickly stood up and headed for the exit. Too fast, he reminded himself. Don't give it away. But the girl wasn't done. This fellow is one of them, she said. Peter couldn't tell if he noticed anger, amusement, or opportunity in the girl's eyes. But again, he denied it. Things quieted down for a moment until another recognized him. She's right. I recognize him too. Surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. Before Peter could realize what was happening, he began to call down curses, swearing to them that he didn't know Jesus. And just as he finished his third speech, he heard it. The rooster's crow in the distance, and his rabbi's words ran through his mind. Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. Peter had never felt so lost, so broken, so angry, so full of shame. He couldn't remember the last time he had wept, but as much as he tried to put up a dam, it was no use. He ran out of the courtyard and broke down, weeping bitterly. Here's one of the hard parts about following Jesus. It's so amazing to repent of old ways, to throw off all the sin that holds us back and begin anew. It feels light, it feels free, it feels like redemption. But what about when you've been following Jesus for several years and then you have a bad night? What about when you know better, when you have a plan set in place for situations like this and you still mess up in a moment of weakness, you still stumble like Peter did that night. Those moments can feel really lonely. As hard as it is to read this story about Peter denying Jesus three times, I'm so thankful it's in the Bible. Because for thousands of years, it has stood in solidarity with Christians experiencing that moment of failure. It serves as a reminder that God loves you during your good days, but also during the bad. That Jesus still understands what you are going through. That he still loves you, still knows you, still went through all of this being crushed in the garden and hung on a cross for you because he knew you weren't going to get it right all the time. One of the hardest parts about following Jesus is realizing and remembering that good news is still good news for you in the middle of the storm. Jesus died for you. That's true on your best day, 
but it's also true on your worst. The trick is learning to believe that the good news is actually that good. Thank you for listening to this episode of Stories in Scripture. We hope Season 6 is bringing Mark's gospel to life for you, and that this episode helped you see the bigger picture Mark is painting for us. If you are enjoying this podcast, we'd love for you to share it with your friends, and rating and review it goes a long way as well. We love getting to tell these stories and appreciate you coming along for the ride. So we'll see you next time for our next story.